Her name is Dr Jacqueline Roweth. She's one of the primary sector's leading academics. That's why she goes near and far and is always sought after at conferences and field days, etc. to speak. Jacqueline, you've just, you're in Christchurch today and we're going to talk yep. about the Christchurch earthquake. Yeah. But you, you spent the past couple of days up in Wairoa at the East Coast Farming Expo. How was it? Uh, it was a lovely, warm, enthusiastic event. Uh, I mean, warm in terms of heartwarming, lots of people supporting the area, which is still so difficult to get to. And people trying to do the right thing under very difficult circumstances. So I was really pleased to be there and super to see some of the schools up from the, um, particularly the Hastings Napier region. Brilliant. What are the roads like? Awful. Yep. What can so we do I'm, about it? Oh, I was talking to a consultant uh, roading engineer on the plane coming down to Christchurch, and he says that we used to have roads that lasted 10 to 15 years. When we shut off Fungaroi, we don't get decent bitumen anymore, and the imported stuff um, coming from the Asian subcontinent probably should last four to five years. Why isn't it? Why are there so many roadworks around at the moment? Because... It's lasting one to two years. And part of that is because people are not obeying the speed limit. And I was really pleased to hear this because having done a four and a half hour journey in, oh gosh, six hours because of the number of roadworks that were going on because it's the time of year, the temperatures are right to actually try and fix them, is that people were right up my bumper pushing me to go more than the 30 or 50 or 80 that was requested by the signposts. Now I know that the signs are saying stick to this speed limit and then we can make sure that the bitumen lasts longer than one to two years. Are you a nana driver, Jacqueline? Yeah, I'm obedient. I'm a girly swap. You're, a, know that. you're a rule follower, I know. Yeah. Look, just just tell me you don't drive around in camper vans I do at, not do at, that. At, at 80 k's an hour. No, okay. no, I do not do that. Yeah. Look, is that the dumbest thing? We've we've done lots of dumb things in this country in the past six or so years, but not producing our own bitumen would be right up there, wouldn't it? It put us at uh, all sorts of risk, and this is the one I think was probably not foreseen by most people originally. Yes, it has. Uh, 13 years and one day on, you're in Christchurch, and there's a city that's... Well, it's not fully rebuilt. There's still lots of empty spaces in the middle of town there, but it is the modern city now, so out of something terrible will eventually come something okay, and I'm talking about the new city. Um, But what are your reflections of it, that tragic day? Yeah, I was at a conference in Palmerston North. It was the Greenhouse Gas Research Centre conference, and we were talking about various aspects of making a better future and not knowing that actually uh, Christchurch was going under virtually as we were speaking. It's a day we'll never forget. We were sitting in the radio studio here, and of course we're in Dunedin, and just before one o'clock we felt the rumble big time here, and immediately we knew what it was, turned on the telly, and there you go. Uh, It's a day we'll never forget, and we think of those 185 brave souls that lost their lives. Let's finish on a a positive note, and I didn't even know this. I said this to Heather Duplessy-Allen last night. Who even knew that null segregants were even a thing? Yes, I think we're all learning at the moment. And what it really signals for the Environmental Protection Authority is that they are able to make some new changes. There's been a a 
had a desire. The EPA has been had a desire to test the genetic engineering, genetic modification, genetic technology legislation for a long time. And now we've actually managed to get through the suggestion that the null segregants, which are the progeny of a genetically modified or um, engineered organism, but the progeny doesn't itself have the modified gene, uh, can allow a science to progress in a faster way than it was at the, um, without this suggestion that the null segregant, we really ought to think of an easier name, isn't genetically modified and therefore it's an MPI thing. It doesn't have to go through stacks of paperwork through the EPA. All right, Jack, Jack well, and you're at danger of losing me here. My scientific brain is the size of a pea. But here's a question for you. Does this mean that we may be able to, for instance, trial some of those low emissions rye grasses here in New Zealand rather than the States? Only if it doesn't have the genetically engineered gene within it, and they do. But what it does allow us is to, for instance, use genetic engineering to make something flower earlier than it would have done, perhaps a generation or three earlier, and then test the, for instance, disease resistance, this is a great crop and food uh, example, by um, using the non-genetically engineered one and then selecting for that. But we've used the genetic engineering to get the faster product. Well, there you go. (laughs) Everything you ever wanted to know about null segregants but were afraid to ask. It's all as clear as mud to me, Jacqueline, but uh, most people listening are smarter than me. Hopefully they picked up on that. Always good to chat to you. That is why you are one of New Zealand's leading farming academics and I'm running a radio show. See ya. (laughs) Bye.